the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Again, have to be careful of the speed. What a comeback season for Hal Sutton. Come right back towards the hole. Seventeen years later, Hal Sutton is the Players' Champion. Well, he's got it going right at the flagstick. It'll be up. It is. Hey everybody, welcome to another Be The Right Club Today podcast. How it's been a minute. It has been. You know, we've been doing all these podcasts and we haven't actually shot an opening and a closing lately. We've made it part of the podcast. So yep. to get back in and, and us visit is kind of fun, really. Uh, we've had some some fun guests on these last couple of weeks. We're going to continue to continue to bring on some awesome guests for you guys. A um, little bit of a little bit of a housekeeping note for you guys that have been listening in and, and enjoying the show. Please feel please go out and um, like us, rate us on on Apple Podcasts, um, and and also too like don't don't hesitate to private message us on Twitter. On I'm I'm not on Twitter as much. I'm I'm more on Instagram. But man, send us a message if you've got any feedback for us. If there's any topics you'd like for us to discuss, again we we like to say that we did this for you guys to to talk golf and to help grow the game. And you know we we really enjoy these. But uh, don't don't hesitate to give us some feedback if if there's anything you'd like for us to talk about or, or like to share with us echo that a thousand percent you know the only reason why we're taking the time to do this is because we want to help people get better and if we can share our experience with you and cut your timeline of of learning by a little bit then we've done a good job i mean one of the things i want to add on that is this is a hard game and it is not easy and it will not come on a short timeline it will come on a longer timeline than you want it to be on but you can get there with a plan with the right guy helping you you can get there i love when students come in and and they're like man i'm just a little bit off and let's just say we work on a we say we, they need a bigger hip turn so we're going to work on hip turn a little bit and the guy's like oh this is easy i'll have this i'll have this done in no time <laughs> yeah. and Four lessons later, two months later, we're still working on hip turn. It's just, it's hard. Change, well, golf is hard, and then changing your pattern. We've been talking, we were talking about this off air. It's really difficult. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, we haven't known, you know, even with me, you know, it would take me months to make a change that I could actually go to the first tee with and, and think I was going to make money with it that week. And, you know, it's because I had a known. I knew what to expect out of this other way of swinging. All of a sudden, I don't know what to expect, yep. you know. I don't know what the perimeters of it are. And for our, say, our higher handicap listeners at home, that's like going out and playing in your regular regular Sunday money game, and you just got lessons, and your buddies know that you just got lessons. Right. And you shank it off the first hole or, or slice it out of bounds, and then they're going to razz you and say, oh, you're paying for that? Like, you're getting lessons, and you're doing that, you know? <laughs> And it's 
you know, it's hard to compare to a house set and playing on the PGA Tour, but it's a similar kind of similar thing. Like it's you, you're not completely comfortable with it. You're, there's you're trying to hit a shot at, or a ball at a target. You're you're trying to chase a result a little bit when you're out there, right? And then you're trying to do something different in your golf swing. It's almost impossible. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think any of us ever told anybody else when I was playing what we were working on. You know, and your caddy knew it, I knew it, but you know they could tell that you were working on something just because you were uncertain of it. There's just a difference in, in your whole demeanor when you're working on something. Yep. So when you were going through the kind of swing changes, obviously you had to swing tweaks, you had to play. You know, Did you try to take a bit of time off? Did you try and just kind of sneak in more reps? Like, you know, how'd you, how'd you do it? Well, there was a lot of little tricks you know if i was missing it left which i often did you know i'd come home and try to get my path moved out to the right you know whatever i had to do to get it moved out we were talking about that off the air you know you know i'd miss some to the right whenever i did that but i had to view hey i'm trying to miss it to the right i'm trying to get it to start more right uh so you know but i didn't have long you know every time i made a change i didn't have long it's tough you know, and by the time you'd played all year long, the last term of the year, the Tour Championship was the last week in October, or sometimes the first of November. You know, and then the, it, the tour, the uh, what's the what was the first tournament in Hawaii called? The, uh, the, it was the uh, uh, the tour, one. Uh, uh, Drum blanks. I know the Sony was the week after. Yeah, the Tournament of Champions. Tournament of Champions. Tournament of Champions. Yeah, then the Tournament of Champions is what the yeah, first week. Yeah, but I mean, you'd gone for 10 months hard. I've usually played 25 to 28 tournaments, and yeah. then you'd do outings and, and other commitments during that time. So you're tired. I mean, yeah, you're I like, break. I need a break. Plus I didn't want to have to work on my game. Weather can be tough, so then you got to travel to go to go to different places, and, yeah. and it makes it hard. Um, yeah, that's it's golf is hard, right? Yes. And then it's, it it's is hard, hard to – it's. If any coach says that this will be an easy change, uh, run and hide because it's probably most of the time it's not. And if I've said it to any of my students, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and apologize now. So today's podcast we've titled "It's All About the Face," and I got to give credit to Mr. John Dunnigan because he he uh, there's the song that it's all about the bass. It's all about that bass. I'm not even going to try and sing it, but he he is <laughs> he has changed that to "It's All About the Face," and we're going to title title today's podcast the same. And what we're talking about is the club face. So how of the 100 students that come in a month in here, whatever, whatever the number is, how many of them do you think we talk about club face? At some point, all of them. Yeah, just about yeah, every, everybody. Just about everybody. So one of the things that, that we've kind of talked about in a couple of the, po- the recent podcasts was do, do tour players know where the club face is? And to me, this is such an interesting topic because I was not a tour player. I came close. I was a good player, but not quite that good. And... I had, and here's what I would say, I had an idea where the club face is when it was going slow, but I had no idea where the club face was when it was going fast. And, and you know, a couple of guys have said that they thought tour players know where it is, and I personally don't think, before Dustin Johnson ever saw a swing on video, he had any idea where the club face actually was, if it was closed, if it was open, all this stuff. What, what are your thoughts? Well, we talked about this off the air, but I'll see if I can, you know, cover it all again. I, I feel like I knew where it was at the top. I knew where the intention of it was. When it was going fast, you know, I knew, I knew if it started fast and it got open, I had too much to do. Uh, but, you know, would you say you felt it more when it was off? I felt it more when it was off. I would, I definitely would say, I knew more when it was off. When it was right, I didn't feel anything. 
And, you know, that's why I say quiet hands. You know, when my hands were quiet, I played good. When they weren't, you know, I said earlier, you know, if my right, my trail arm extended too soon, I knew I was not hitting it well. So I think that's a perfect little segue into let's let's discuss a little bit about, you know, face openers and face closers. Okay. Yep. So let's let's use let's let's help our slicers out first. So ninety percent of the golfers that play hit slices struggle with getting the getting the face closed enough. So what are some things that let's talk about the face closers, right? And the one thing that we always do in here is we always start earlier than later. So if you're slicing it, the answer is not an impact. The answer is always before, right? right? We're always, if you're a slicer, if you're fighting balls that are curving to the right, we're always going to look at grip. Always going to start with the grip first. Is your grip strong enough? If you set up to it with a really, and we hate changing grips, but if you set up to it with a really, really weak grip, so if you're a right-handed golfer, your hands are rotated too much to your left, to your left shoulder, then then that is going to cause the face to, it's going to make it harder for you to square up the face there's nowhere to go with it you're already there <laughs> yeah so the first thing we're going to do is strengthen strengthen the top hand strengthen the lead hand for righty would be your left hand and we're also going to tend to roll the right hand a little bit more a little bit more to the right so we're going to rotate it rotate it towards your right leg towards your right knee towards your right shoulder start there okay what else what else did if you were struggling with balls that were going right and you you did you you had to when you took your break or or you know had the the famous story with your dad in Vegas where you had to make a decision if you were going to use your one time exemption or not you said that you went home and and tried to hook it so what what did you if you if your grip was good so slicer comes in grip is good what oh, are you doing next I'm going to work on my club face <laughs> okay so we got the grip right we're going to assume that that club face is decent at address we're not setting up to it with it with a crazy well, it's, open. yeah it's going crazy in in the backswing or something it's okay. getting open okay so somewhere would you do something could you do something in the takeaway to to try to to try to keep it from opening too soon or or what what's the what's the first step that you did and nicholas you said nicholas said something to you about about club face coming yeah off the ball. he took the heel of the way so almost initially fell like, almost felt like, almost felt like he close the face to shut to begin with one of the other things that i worked hard on and i know jay haas worked on it really hard was if you believe your hands are on one circle and the club head is on another circle you know if we maintain centrifugal force the hands will stay on the inner circle and the club head will stay on the outer circle but a lot of times people will jerk the club head inside which will open the face yeah so i think that's a good one so we've identified grip grip number one for for to, to close the face and then trying to make sure that the heel comes back first which that will also keep the club head outside the hands a exactly. little bit longer too exactly. right and I, I i think i think that's a good one most guys that have the club head outside the hands in the takeaway so it's kind of this hands in club outlook tend to be more drawers of the ball than mm-hmm. than faders right faders will tend to take it a little bit more inside and come over it so i think that's i think that's good so one of the things that uh the misconception that all of y'all have is if you're missing it to the right you think if i take it further inside i can swing further to the right it's actually the exact opposite of that if you are taking it way inside 
you have to get the club back out in front of you. So you're forcing yourself to go over the top. And you, if you're going to be that far over the top, you better have an open face. Yeah, it's so true. I'm, I'm, bless my dad's heart. He always thinks he's got to hook it by taking it drastically inside. And he can hit like low little punchy hook shots at times. But like to hit a driver, he takes it way inside and then comes over the top of it. And he's like, see, I can't draw it. And it drives me crazy. He always, <laughs> bless his heart. Hopefully he's not listening to this because he's going to smack me. But, so it, it, think more furic, right? Think right. more up and, up and under, up and around loopy uh, the kind of a figure eight kind of feel versus versus this this inside trying to then swing more inside out it, it just doesn't work so we talked grip we've talked takeaway again if you're a if you need to close it it you got to start earlier this cannot be something that you're just going to time at impact because if you're slicing it the face is drastically open so in the past too far to the left all that stuff so you just closing it's just going to be a band-aid on a on a big flesh wound it's not going to do any it's not going to do any good okay so let's talk top of backswing. And this is some of the new, this this is kind of new, not really new wave. You guys knew knew about all the wrist angle stuff, but we've kind of kind of gotten deeper. We, we dive deeper into it now than, than you guys did. So so if we take our, our lead hand, so for right-handed golfer, our left hand, we can flex it and we can extend it. You guys called it cupped or bowed. So if you just kind of put your arm out in front of you and you make a fist, if I take my palm to the ground, that is a bowed wrist or a flexed wrist. If I take my, my palm to the sky, my left hand to the sky, that's an extended wrist or a cupped wrist. Extension slash cupped opens the face, flexion slash bowed closes the face. Mm -hmm. So for you guys slicing it at home, if you wanna get rid of your slices for the rest of your life, give us a fairly strong grip and, and look up left wrist flexion. Go into left wrist flexion at the top and I promise you, you will, Get, you might pull hook it or hit it off the planet to the left for you righties, but you will get rid of curves to the right for sure. Guaranteed, no questions asked. That'll also activate your body if you're going to hit it halfway straight. If your body's not very active and you get the, the uh, flexion that he's talking about here, you better be active with your body, a la Dustin Johnson. Yeah, DJ, how David Duvall was when right, he first started exactly. playing, you know, all that stuff. Okay, so now we get into the tricky part with with this. If we've got a guy that's closed the face or closed the strengthened the grip a little bit, worked on getting the takeaway right. Say at the top he's pretty good and he's still he's still fading it. Are there any downswing feels, any thoughts that you did to kind of close the face down? Would you agree that the 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 closer we get to impact with an intention, the, the scarier it can get? Well, the more violent it could get. Yeah, yeah which could produce wider results basically i think yeah. uh, or it feels like an electrical shock goes through your body correct one of the things i've been a i've, I've had some success with the slicers to, to get the face more closed is thinking post-impact stuff right like get them to swing a bit more feel more for more towards first base a little bit i know that's a little controversial at times but trying to get the path more inside out typically the path being inside out will make it easier to get that face to square up a little bit more versus versus a left path so like trying to get them to feel right palm down like they're kind of rolling it over post-impact i know that's not the that's not the answer for a lot of good players but to, to get rid of the slice it seemed to help so one of the things i i've told you this a bunch you know i i I'd go home and I'd work on trying to move my path over to the right. So what I would do is I would try to make sure that I kept the extension as I didn't extend the trail arm so quickly. I'd try to get the club face square to a little bit shut and I would try to feel like I was catching palm, rain in the palm of my left hand Okay. instead of yep. this. Yep. Too many people that I've seen 
I've got way too much of this right now for everybody that's listening out there. So, so you're, you're missing it left right now because you're rolling it too I'm much. missing it left because I've got too much of this going on. Yep. But most of the people that we see that hit a big slice never have any of this. Yep. They're never rolling their forearms. They're never, they're never allowing their forearms to come close together. And, and to me, I think – and we talked about this a long time ago on here. I think every great player – that's ever played this game learned how to draw it slash hook it at some point like get i know you said you never really curved it a lot but you know just for a maturation process of all golfers you know we, we like to say our slicers have developed the skill to slice it now go develop the skill to hook it but it's kind of the every every good young junior i've ever worked with they all learned how to hook it at an early age and then then you're trying to tighten them in and, and then maybe teach them how to hit it fade once they're strong enough so you know we talked about this a little bit before. I'll go ahead and mention it. You know, to me, I think distance has hurt a lot of good players in, in many ways. Because when I was out there, we didn't really have a way to quantify how far I could hit it. And, you know, I knew whether I was, you know, if I, if I looked at the pairing the next day, and I, there was two other names down there besides myself, maybe one of them hit it longer and one of them hit it shorter. I knew what to expect when we went out there. Given that we're all hitting it fairly solid you know we knew where our pecking order was in terms of and i wasn't trying to increase that you know i mean there wasn't any new technology coming along that increased us until the pro v1 came along mm -hmm. nothing increased any of our distance that much yeah. and but i knew that if i shut the face down a little bit i could make that shot go longer there was another little trick that I had. I had to aim it a little bit further right so that I could trap it a little bit harder. I could de-loft it. I'd start it a little bit lower, and the ball would go a little bit further. And, you know, I just – I think that was bad for me in the long run is my point. Yeah. And and do you think you, – you mentioned that the distance isn't isn't great for the game. I mean, obviously, Rory came out a while back and said that, you know, he had kind of let some of Bryson's stuff get to him a little bit, and some of those guys have been chasing chasing speed a little bit. Do you think it's more prevalent at, at the amateur level because they're seeing what these guys on TV are doing versus it affecting the tour players as well? Well, you said I didn't think distance was good for the game. That's not exactly what I think. I think you need to be the policeman of your chase. Yeah. That's what I really believe. I, I mean, I, you know, if my son came to me today and said, hey, I want, I want to be a great golfer, I mean, I want, to, I want him to get all the distance that God gave him. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't want to, you know, pare it back by any means. Uh, so I, I don't want you to think out there that I don't like distance. I'd love distance. I'd love 20 more yards. Trust me when I say that. But the truth of the matter is we only have the ability to do it within ourselves. Yeah. And if we exceed that, it's like speeding in your car when you know you can't make the curve. Yeah. I mean, are you really going to do that? Yeah. But we do that on the golf course. Yeah. And, I mean, bad things happen when we're doing that. And, and, and trust me, every one of y'all out there listening, you know when you're doing it. Yeah. And the crazy part is you, you increase your clubhead speed by a couple miles an hour, but then you don't hit it as solid. And it doesn't go as far versus you slow down a little bit and you hit a solid and you, and you go far. So be honest with me, Chase. Chase got a lot of club head speed. So normal club head speed, tell them what it is. Um, 118 to 120. Okay, max? 25. I mean, but when you're chasing max, the first one goes to 122 or 3, and maybe in four or five swings you can get it up to 125. Yeah, but that's like falling over all out. Like no worry about the golf course. So let's, let's add one more. 
component to that efficiency how much efficiency is lost or gained in that chase for that extra yeah, so five if, if i'm chasing and, and all the long drive guys are chasing ball speed numbers they want to they want to hit it solid they right. see how fast the ball's exiting if i'm chasing ball speed my speeds um, my club head speed's almost always in the 120 121 range when i get to 125 i can't hit it solid enough to hit it as far or i'll my ball speed might go up but i'll hook it off the planet so it doesn't go as far so when i'm when i'm optimal as far as hitting it Say 330, 340, it's going, I'm at like the 120, 121, 122 speed. Okay, he made a really valid point there for all of y'all that have access to a, a track man or, or some sort of radar. Ball speed, honestly, is more important it is. than club head speed. And, and one little caveat, the, a lot of these radars, they read the, the different, um, uh, what the heads are made out of. The, the material of the head, they read them differently. So some of them are a little slower than others. So back to that point, ball speed is, is 100% the answer. So anyway. A little bit off subject, but yeah. it's, no, it's, no, it's good. So let's circle back to, we talked about how we close the face for, let's say our slicers, our high handicappers. Good players. Okay. So to me, the only time a good player comes in and says they're, they're, they're missing it too far right, it's like a stuck kind of block shot. Right. Very few good players come in here saying, I'm slicing it too much. Right. You know, so most of them are struggling with what you're, you said you're struggling with right now is a little bit of left, left misses. Okay. So in your, let's talk about just some of the things that when you miss it left, what are you trying to kind of look into? We know, we, what, what do we know? Okay. So a couple things real quick. If we hit it dead center, we know the club face was closed to something. It was it was probably closed to both the path and the and the target. It started a little bit left or straight, and it was closed, so it so it went left. Where we got to be careful about is gear effect. If we hit it off the toe, that causes more hooks generally. If we hit it off the heel, that causes more fades generally. If it's a, if it's a contact issue, you got to be real careful because gear effect and it can that can go funky. But let's just we're gonna from now on we're gonna assume solid contact so mm -hmm. you flush it it starts straight and kind of curves left and you miss it a little bit left to where you're wanting to how setting the player from from 2000 what what did you what did you think what went through your head well i felt like my path was too far left when that okay. happened and and you guys generally looked at it like it was a path issue when we, it went left yeah and and that's the evolution of the golf swing and what we've learned yeah. my era we we blame path yeah. more readily and you know so um, i mentioned earlier you know i felt like whenever i played best you know in the position past impact my hands felt further away from me i could say that a lot of different ways i could say that my trail arm i didn't straighten my trail arm yeah if i straighten my trail arm it's going to follow the path yeah so my hands will feel further left and closer to me then. Yeah, that's a great point. So one of the things that we we talk about, we've talked to, talk a lot in here about low point control, but we talk a lot about this this trail arm. And to me, the key to a great golf swing is when and when and how fast is this trail arm straightening. Mm -hmm. Every practically every player that that that's ever hit a golf ball, their their trail arm is going to straighten somewhere between let's say a foot and five feet past the ball. It's going to straighten somewhere. You know, some guys did it a little later than that, but just in a general, it's gonna straighten somewhere after, after the ball. For you guys, good players out there, if you're struggling with blocks and hooks, you're struggling with two-way misses, almost get, if the grip's good, posture's good, some of, the, some of the basic mechanics are good, almost guaranteed you have a right arm that is not in control. And it's probably, if your right arm is, is fairly straight at impact, 
man, that's that's a that's a scary position to be in because that's causing this face to close at a very, very, very rapid rate. If we keep our right arm bent all the way through impact, we can only do so much with our wrists. This right arm extending action, and I'm doing it for you guys listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, this extensive extension sensor action is a humongous face close closer the other thing that the straightening of the right arm tends to do as how pointed out is it tends to move the path more to the left versus if we keep a super bent right arm it's really hard to keep to, to get the path going more more left a bent right arm at impact is typically a push draw pattern a straighter right arm at impact like a mickelson is typically a pull fade pattern so just kind of keep that keep that in mind so someone that probably the most studied golf swing in the world ben hogan his trail arm didn't extend until well late. Correct. Super because he hated left. Yeah. So his way of keeping that from happening was to not let his trail arm extend. Yep. And it kept him in tilt longer. It just, it just so many things. This arm can change so many things about your golf swing. Exactly right. And he had flat, really flat lie angles and he had really long arms. So he could get into this bent position and keep it from keep it from slamming shut too fast. So there's a great point. I don't have long arms. So it's really hard. I don't have I can't if you could see you can't you can see I can't get my right arm, my right hand past my right shoulder over here. Yep. So I can't get my elbow to be the first thing to come through. I could get them to be equal. Yep. So if you think this is external rotation. So if if you drive your right elbow into your belly button and your palm is back behind like you were trying to lag the club behind, that would be external rotation. I have a bunch of it. How doesn't he can't do it as much. So Dustin Johnson, Hogan, those guys would have a have a tend to have a bunch of a bunch of right elbow extension. That is a face opener. If we've got a lot of this, we can hold this face open longer to allow our body to get more open to help square up the face. Versus if you don't have it, you're going to tend to be more more of a a right elbow back, and the the hands are going to lead the elbow, and that tends to be a closer. Okay. So again, if you guys are listening in your car or whatever, check us out on YouTube for kind of doing the motion because you can we're we're kind of demonstrating the 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 movements on on camera. It's interesting, isn't it? It's uh... one of the one of the first tests we were talking about this too. One of the first tests we do with with students, especially good players, is do they have external rotation? Can yeah. they make this motion? And if they can, it gives us a lot more options. If they can't, then we've got to move them in a certain way and 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 set up their backswing in a certain way. We can't make it as as pretty or whatever as Ho- as is people like to see in like Hogan swing or whatnot. So going back to going back to the open open face stuff. So. We're missing it left. Now we know the face is for sure, for sure shut. So, you know, what we don't tend to do, if you've got, if, if it's somebody that's missing it left and has a really strong grip, we won't necessarily change the grip right away. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of see how they move. If it's a slicer that has a really weak grip, we almost always change right. it. But if it's a good player that comes in and has a really strong grip, you know, we, we're, we're not going to change it. Or, or not always, we will, but we will we'll look at it first. One of the things for you good players out there that I do think you got to be really careful about is like the John Rom, Dustin Johnson stuff, where this club face is the basically the face is pointing straight towards the sky. The problem with that is that that's a de lofter too. So now we've got we've taken a seven iron and turned it into about a four iron at the top. So now what we have to get into is our favorite is tilt. So now Dustin Johnson has a lot of what's, it's called right side bend or or right tilt, where his right shoulder is dropping below his left. 
to help him get to help him add shaftling to help keep the face square open so he doesn't close it down and to also help him get it in the air a little bit and if you don't have that ability if you don't have that ability to tilt that much a closed club face is death for you absolute death <laughs> and we see that a ton we see low point issues we see pull hooks because they're tra- they're chasing this john rom dustin johnson feel at the top and they can't move quite like they can so that's the problem with tv really to be honest with you you see something you really like in there and all of a sudden you think well that's what i'm fixing to do yeah. and you might not even be even physically capable of it that's you right. may be you may have all the desire in the world to do this but you physically cannot do it well trust me that'll be a demoralizer for you Absolutely. i mean you're going to go out there and attempt to do something that your body will not allow you to do and you're you're going to you're, be like a snowball effect. But so how? you were good. You, the only reason you were good is because your right elbow was like this at the top, right? Like that was the reason, right? Like Dustin Johnson's good or John Rom's good because he does this, right? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Uh, but but no one knew, right? They didn't know. Like you flew your elbow. It wasn't because you wanted to. It's because you could. You didn't have the motion. You had to. So, I'm going to go ahead and step out on a limb here. I worked with everybody whenever I was playing the tour and you know i mentioned to you earlier no one ever talked to me about the club face they talked to me about path you know no one ever talked to me about tilt you know larry i mean uh, jimmy ballard didn't think there was tilt he wanted you here all the time you know i external internal rotation external internal rotation i mean if if i wasn't even smart enough to even understand any of it because I was too locked in to trying to hit it solid. You know, I'm, we mentioned earlier, you know, I, I feel like trying to get more distance really hurt me yeah. because I think I, I didn't have much of this to begin with. The so right I could, arm, yeah. the bent right arm, I couldn't, my trail arm, I didn't have much of that. And I certainly couldn't afford to extend it too early. Yeah. So when I was trying to hit it harder, I extended it too early, which de lofted, took it to the left, and, you know, and, you know, I was always trying to hit it a little bit harder. Yeah. You know, I'd run across a shot that that I needed a little bit more, and I needed some height on it. So okay, I'll instead of hitting that six, I'll hit a seven, and I'll aim it a little bit further to the right. I'll give me a little bit of room to yep. sling it a little bit. Yep. It hurts in the long run. You can't hit that shot, but every so often. That's right. Do you think that for for our better players that are fighting left balls, do you think that it's okay for them to experiment with, like, how do they? You know, we like to say again, our slicers develop the skill to slice it, so develop the skill to hook it. Our good players that are missing it left, they've got a chronic left miss. They've developed the skill to, to hit it left. They need to they need to push, they need to add some some right balls in there to kind of balance it out a little bit, right? Is it okay to experiment? Like, where I'm going with this is nowadays, if you if you get on YouTube or you get on Instagram, you're going to see a lot of flat left wrists, a lot of bowed left wrists, and and all this closed club face stuff. But if you look at your era, you look at even 20, 15, 10 years ago, m- the majority of the tour players were slightly extended at the top. Fred Couples. Couples. Jack was. You yeah. were. I mean, some of the best. I mean, Hogan at times was had, had more extension than flexion. Right. You know, I've had quite a bit of success with some of the better players by getting them to extend it a little bit at the top just to give them some room and let that face open a little bit. So my, my question to you is, for the guys listening, is it okay to experiment with just about anything to see, kind of see what works? Yes, absolutely. I would say that as loud as I can say it. You know, the problem is, you know, the better you are, the less time you have to work on it because there's another tournament coming up. Yeah. And, you know. That's a, that's a good point. A human being 
we need a little time to gain some confidence you know in the last podcast you know uh i'm gonna jump ahead here a little bit but you know paul azinger talked about self-belief versus confidence you know and the hardest people to work with are the ones that have a real strong self-belief because they have they have that internal confidence that says i know what i'm doing they might not know what they're doing but they still believe that their way is a good way and and they have the feel of their way yeah they may not know what the numbers say their way is but they know what that feel is yeah and and i after that after talking to him i've, I've thought about that a little bit and so to your point of or to both of our points of experimenting with the good player the good player already has some self-belief they believe they can play go experiment to build the confidence right go go work on figuring out ways to start that even if it's even if you go out you're fighting a chronic pull or, or pull draw and you go out to the range for for two weeks and you're going to try and start every ball to the right figure out how to do that whether it's with a little bit of wrist angle stuff whether it's you figured out this right this right elbow external rotation we'll talk about some other ones and go do it and that's how you build confidence to where the next time you get up on that par three that gives you fit fits with trouble left you can say man i know how i've hit a, i've hit 25 shots in a row in the range that all went a little bit right you can aim at that flag and shove it to the right here's an interesting point i always knew my game was coming around whenever i could start the ball further right of my target and and start it on that line and get it to draw back to the target I knew I was close to playing good when that happened. When I could not start it to the right and I was having to really be on the money to make it go straight, I knew I was borderline of fixing to suffer. And I didn't know why, you know, if we'd had this stuff then, I would have known exactly why. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the advantage that that a modern-day golfer has now. One of the things to keep in mind, too, about about you closers, the guys that, that struggle with left, less loft or more loft is going to go left more than less loft is and you've got to make sure we've been doing some tests with with wedges and nine irons and eight irons with magnets on the club and a lot of good players have come in here and they their face has been pointed way farther left than they assumed based off just the just how loft kind of distorts where your face is pointed so just kind of keep that in mind it's a lot easier to hit a little pull with a pitching wedge than it is a four iron four irons tend to cut and wedges tend to draw so just just keep that in mind if you're if you've got an open face with a wedge it's a flop shot it doesn't curve to the right you got an open face with a four iron it's it's curving to the right it's right it's not it's not that much um so we've talked about okay so left wrist extension lead wrist extension palm to the sky kind of kind of trying to get the, the your knuckles closer to your watch that's extension that's going to open the face so if you've got again chronic left misses you can extend a little bit to open the face the other thing that in transition this external rotation stuff will help first move down help open the face and in a perfect world like hogan we keep the face fairly square-ish to the arc and then we completely squared up with pivot and a right arm that's slowly straightening in conjunction with our pivot right, right. That's, that's that's kind of perfect perfect if we, world if we can do it and it doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist right um so for you two-way missers you've got to be real careful about this trail arm straightening out too soon okay um the other thing that i would say that's a that's a a tends to be an opener all things being equal is weight transfer so for you guys if you guys are fighting big left balls especially curves left especially hooks if we're back too far if we've got too much tilt away what happens is you run out of right arm you run out of room and then it's a flash flip hook and so if you can make sure if you videoed face on and you saw on the downswing your head kind of stayed centered got forward a little bit stayed didn't didn't just fall back 
that's going to be a, we'll call it a face stabilizer. It's not necessarily going to take all left out or all right out, but it's going to take some of the big misses out. Too many people that are too far back that have too much tilt. This is how Hal and I first met was, was this subject. We end up having a lot of uh, violence at impact. Lots of tilt is violence. Yeah, well, one of the things, you use the word I use a lot, you know, if I never felt any violence in my golf swing, speed is one thing, but that's not violent. Uh, I mean, a sudden burst of speed is the correction, always. And you feel that. I mean, when you have awareness of where the club face is at or anything else, and you're trying to fix it, you may not consciously be able to define this, but your subconscious mind knows exactly what to do to solve this problem. And it can do it just like that. You can slow your body down so that you can extend your right arm. There's a thousand things you can do. Now, the timing of that may not work at all. It's impossible to guarantee it, but you might pull it off. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like our people that come in and say, man, I'm an early extender. I jump too much at impact. Yeah, you, that's the fix. You're yeah. doing it because if you didn't, you'd build you you dig a crater to China. Right. You'd break your wrist. Right. So it's not getting you to do that. It's getting you in a, a better position somewhere earlier. Yeah, but they always feel the fix, and that's what they think the problem is, and that's why a good teacher can really help you. They'll find the real problem. Yeah. It all and it always almost always starts earlier. It yeah. Always starts earlier. Um. One of my favorite favorite questions and 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 discussions to talk talk with you about. So hopefully we we gave you enough about closers and openers. Um, and and if you have any more specific questions about that, please please send us messages. It's it's not completely black and white because you can tilt and overcorrect and and how everybody moves. People are messy. People move differently. So anytime you say if we said extend somebody that's extended at the top is always going to hit it right somebody comes in and they're extended and they're fighting big hooks so like it just everybody's so different um but if you guys have any other specific questions please please don't hesitate to reach out um one of the questions we have written down how is do we do we have total control of our golf ball you're one of the best to ever hit it did you did you have total control well if i did it was short-lived you know and um I doubt very seriously that I would say I had total control over it at any point in my life. So knowing what you know now, to try to get, let's say your 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 normal run when you got total control was two weeks. Yeah, you'd have two tournaments where it was like it was on. Yeah, what would you do now? What would you tell tell Hal Sutton from from a few years back to try to get it to last four weeks or five weeks? Is there anything that you you could have done to to make it last longer? That's a great question, and I wish I could give you a definitive answer on that. But uh, I always, when I got good, I thought I could step on the gas harder. You know, when I really felt like I had control, I'd try to step on the gas harder. I'd try to hit it 10 yards further. And, you know, it, it always comes back to this, you know. And I uh, us golfers were greedy. Aren't yeah, we? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't I didn't play within myself. You know, I, what I had when it was great wasn't good enough. Yeah. You know, I want more. That's every one of you out there. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to me right now, when you are at your best – you still think you can be better. I mean, that's what makes this game so great. Chase is shaking his head for all the people that can't see him out there. I mean, that's why we love this game. That's why we passionately think we still have room to improve. I don't. I'm getting worse. Trust me when I tell you this. But, uh, I, you know, when I got 
where I felt like I was really calling the pocket if we were playing eight ball. You know, I knew exactly I had the shot I was going to hit, how I was going to hit it. You know, I could look up and see exactly where it was fixing to be and then hit the shot, and there it was right there. It's like, okay, let's hit it harder. Let's make it go through there faster. It's so This is so interesting. So I, I'm thinking back. My, one of my best finishes as a pro, I finished second at the Oklahoma Open. Robert Straub beat me by a couple shots, and I hit it great. The last day, I, I was bogey-free going to the last hole. I shot 66 and bogey, bogey the last hole. But I was going to see my coach right after that. Um, like literally, la- I, I stayed stayed in Oklahoma City one night and then went down to to work with my work with my coach at the time. And he asked me, "What's my miss?" Well, in three rounds, I'd hit like two poles. My miss is a pole. Right. I'm not hitting it perfect. My yeah. miss is a pole. <laughs> so now, now it's on to. And I think about this from a coaching standpoint. Now it's on to him to figure out why is it pulling when I was just striping so, it. So we added something to it. I went to to, to uh, the New Mexico Open two weeks later and didn't I, I didn't hit it good at all, and it's like the other thing that I think back like seventeen is a good par three at a, at the family side of Oak Tree. It's a tough little hole, water left, and I, I that was one of them I pulled and I got lucky. It, it hit. There's rocks. It's a P die course. It hit on the rocks and bounced over the green. I got up and down, but like. I'm I'm hitting it awesome. I took on too much of that flag and I pulled it a little bit. And if that ball goes in the water and I make double or triple, I'm like, I suck. I'm hitting big pull hooks. I've got to fix it. Instead, to your point, it's like hit that dang thing out in the middle of the green and you never even think twice about it. And you're still building momentum. You're still believing. You're still so it's all it's the results of these shots that can completely push us off off the the path. So you mentioned to me earlier, you know. Could, did I think, you know, somehow we ended up, how do you create a great ball striker? And I said, through a caddy. And if I could caddy for a guy that was really a good ball striker, and I could caddy for him for four or five weeks, I could make him think he was better and we not change anything because I'd change where he was looking. That's where I think decade is really powerful for everybody out there that's listening. It changes your aggressiveness that's what i was gonna say you're basically taking his 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 misses that are going to scar him away so the shot that hit the water hit the rock and bounced over the green yeah i'd have never allowed you you might have hit it but i wouldn't allowed you to think that way yeah and 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 that's the key to becoming a better player is not allow yourself to you know walk on the edge of of the Chinese wall, you know, I mean, stay away from the edge of it. And so good. I mean, I just, I think it's a game of percentages and if you can play the percentages enough, you know, I I do have a couple of areas where Scott and I don't a hundred percent agree on things. I think there, you know, if there's 60 yards of fairway out there, there's been times that it didn't fit my eye and I didn't think it was a shot. And and one thing I'll say to that, because I think this is what what you say about that. And I think it's so good. Your gut sometimes has to override based off of your, if you can commit to it or not. Right. If you can't commit to what the book says, then your gut can override that and say, no, I'm committing to a three wood because I'm more, I, I, I believe in it more. So I've always said the gut is the 15th club in the bag. And there are times that you need to be more aggressive and there are times that you need to be more conservative and you got to be able to identify those and face the consequences of them. Because when you're pushing the envelope a little bit and it's like, okay, now's my time. Like there, yep. you could have hit the rock and it could have gone in the water. That's right. 
And, and I, I, I thought I was one or two back, and I needed to make birdie, and I took it on. Right. And I, I hit it eight feet left of the flag, and it just so happened to be that was the flag was tucked over there. It'd be like you at Sawgrass, say you're one shot back at Tiger. Tiger hits it in the back rough, and the, the pin's back left. You're taking it on, trying to knock it in the hole or knock it close to make birdie. And right. if you don't, if you happen to hook that ball in the water, you would have had enough self-belief, enough right. confidence to say, man, I ha- that's what I had to do. That wasn't that my golf swing sucks, and I've got to make right. a change. And that was my weakness. My weakness was exactly that. I would have said, oh, I'm hitting hooks. I got to go fix something. Whether instead you would have been my caddy and say, dude, you hit it great all week. Let's go get him again next week. So I said caddy. It could be coach too. Yeah. So somebody has got to identify the real problem. It's so powerful. And I mean, and it's not always a mechanical fix. Sometimes it's a mental fix. And, you know, if you're just an amateur trying to be better, you don't have somebody watching your game that close. You need to be the watchful eye and, and your own, uh, sports psychologist that says hey you know my thought process was poor there you know my dad did a lot of that for me i mean he would he would tell me all the time how you're thinking terrible or you know what were you thinking there and he he might not have had the answer but he forced me to look into it to get an answer think about it a little bit to think about it so perfect segue um black and white versus versus gray what does that mean well to me you know uh Black and white is a swing change. You know, that's something that we can identify with. This is what we're working on. Gray is where everything just is happening. And I played my best golf when it was gray, you know, and I didn't really, I had one thought, you know, it could be, we talked about, it could be two thoughts, could be a setup. I want to get set up correctly. And then there was something swing wise that I was thinking about, but boy, you clutter that up with two or three thoughts and hard to perform that hard to perform that way. Shooting scores needs to be. Um, you know, I hate to use the word external, but more external, more like target oriented, more tempo rhythm oriented, more simple things that you can try to do rather than specific things to like get your right elbow in a certain position or any of that stuff. It's too difficult to, if, if your goal is to, if you're playing in a Ryder Cup format with, against another, another country club, you going out there with a bunch of swing thoughts is not the recipe. So this is kind of cool. I just thought of this as we were talking about this. Everybody knows that I, Gave a lot of credit to Jackie Burke. I thought that he shared a lot of things with me that helped me become a better player. And one of the things that he said to me that really turned my game around, he said it to me in 1997, and you know, from 98 to 2000, I played as good as I ever played in my life. And he said something about you got to make sure that you catch your speed at the ball or after the ball. And you're catching it too soon. So we've talked about several things on here that said – if I extend my right arm too soon, I'm catching speed far too soon, and I'm not getting past the ball with it. So, see, Jackie didn't even know how to tell me that yeah. in a term. I mean, that's a gray term, what he said. Yeah. That's why I brought that up. You know, I, that's how golfers from my era, we dealt with this, was very gray areas, to be honest. It was a feel. It was throw the paint against the wall and see if it stuck, that's basically. Exactly, exactly right. Now we can deal with things that are black and white. You know, and, and I don't know how Hal Sutton, a young version of Hal Sutton, could handle this. I don't know what I would have done, yeah. you know, because I'm not going to ever live in that when I had right. physical ability. But uh, I just think. Everybody that's youthful has a serious advantage now because you can know a lot about this. Yeah. Actually pulling it off 
yeah. can be difficult. But and going back to that question about a young house Sutton trying to extend really good ball striking for four or five six weeks, my answer would be you come in here and you capture it and you just leave it and store it and then we know kind of where the best version of Hal is and and when you you play two or three weeks in a row it gets a little bit windy on the back nine at one of the tournaments and you hit it good but you felt something creeping up you look and it's like oh your weight's a little different or oh your pass moving a little different and we kind of try to nudge you back and you know you as you've always said you kind of porpoise through through really really good and we try to continue to just narrow those gaps and i think that's what the iphones and that's what i mean look the phone we talk about technology the phone has done more for the golf swing than anything youtube is full of good golf swings good quality golf swings because we've got great cameras trackman's helped more from a fitting standpoint obviously helps from an instruction standpoint but just being able to see your swing so good now so well now I think I think it's huge, and that's what I would have told you to do. Get it on video if you've got the 3D or you've got all the other data that we have. Get it all. You don't need to know it per se, but we need to know where it is. And then you come back and it's like, oh hey, look, your setup's a little different. You know, something's a little bit a little bit off. Well, play a lot of golf. You know, I think today's world likes to hit a lot of golf balls, and it's you know it's slow playing golf. And back whenever I was learning how to play, there wasn't a lot of people playing golf, so yep. it wasn't so slow. So I could play all day long. Yep. But you know, seeing the ball start on your lines where there's trees on both sides, you know, it's you know hitting it against this tree edge and drawing it off of that tree right. edge. You know, it's just. Um, there's no substitute for seeing it in action and experimenting with and with experimenting things. on the golf course. Well, this was uh, it's been a while since we've sat down. This is fun. It's fun, yeah. to, fun to get back and yeah and, and grind on some of these topics. We've we have a lot of these discussions off air, and we're always like, man, we should have we should have talked we should have got the mic out and talked talked about it. But uh, but this was fun. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna echo one more time. Feel free to reach out to us if you guys have any feedback at all. Um, if you like what we're doing, if we've helped you with your game, um, would love for you to you know give us a review on on any of the podcast platforms that allow for that. Um, and like I said, my my Instagram's always open. I don't check Twitter as much. How's how's on Twitter a little bit more, but you know we're we're always open. And and if you have any questions or or topics you want us to discuss, guests you'd like for us to have on, please 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 reach out. How take us home. Well, uh, Chase and I enjoy doing this. We wake up every day trying to figure out a little bit more about this golf game. It's bewildered us. Trust me, we don't have all the answers. And uh, um, it's, it's a joy for us to explore. And if we come across something we feel like can help you, we're going to throw it out there. So um, like Chase said, uh, fire your questions towards us and uh, continue to watch because we're going to keep bringing stuff to you on Be The Right Club today. Be the right club today. Yes!